As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. It's not every day you can double your money, but with MyBookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With MyBookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. <laughs> What's up, guys? Sorry for the delay. I I promise this is not going to become a trend where the episodes are constantly a day late and things like that. I just um, (laughs) I um, got to watching the Thursday night game and and uh, dozed off and, uh, you know, just went to bed afterwards. And, And that's not the first time that that's happened. Usually what I do is and I get up a little bit early. Uh, on Fridays because I work from home. So I get up a little early to crank out the show before I start work. And for whatever reason, I, I slept through the alarm <laughs> that I set to do that. Woke up at the regular time, was busy all day at work. So I never got a chance to to get away to like crank this out on my lunch hour. So I'm doing this as I'm uh, finishing my work day for the week. And um You know, it turns out this was kind of a small blessing in disguise because I have information today that I wouldn't have had last night or even this morning if I had recorded the show this work like uh, before work, like who our starting quarterback is uh, and other injury news and then, you know, and things like that. And some one injury in particular I'm going to have a problem with. And uh, we'll talk about that here in just a second. But uh so we're going to go ahead and crank this out so we can come out on Friday night. And you guys have all night Friday and Saturday uh, and, you know, into Sunday before the game to uh, to absorb this. So let's go ahead and get it done. This is the week 13 deep dive preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the So I got to admit, even before today's injury report came out, uh, I was not looking forward to this matchup, uh, you know, uh, against the uh, Cardinals. They're nine and two. Uh, They do well everything that we struggle uh, with. And, uh, you know, it it just seems like they are and the ultimate bad matchup uh, for us, or at least that's just the way it feels uh, for me. So, uh, you know, not a lot of excitement wrapped around this game other than the 10-day drought without our beloved Chicago Bears ends at noon on Sunday when the Cardinals come to town and take on the Chicago Bears. What's going on, everybody? 
Larry D. back the week 13 deep dive preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And, and like I said, um, the the blessing in recording it on Friday night after I get off of work is that I'm that I have information now that I wouldn't have had if I'd recorded this show on Thursday night like I usually do or even on Friday morning, which I do on occasion uh, before I start work. So, um, you know, the injury report, you know, the Bears have completed their week of practice. The injury designations have come out and we do know now that our starting quarterback on Sunday will, in fact, be Andy Dalton. Uh, instead of Justin Fields, who is still nursing the uh, bruised ribs, and if I'm not mistaken, is listed as doubtful on the uh, injury report. Yes, he's listed. He was limited, so he practiced all week. Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, thir- or Thursday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I should say, and he was limited all week long. Is listed as doubtful. So let's just go with that while we're while we're here. Um. Mario Edwards, Marquise Goodwin, Akeem Hicks, all out. Um, Mario Edwards has a rib injury. Marquise Goodwin has a foot and rib injury. And Akeem Hicks has an ankle injury. Now, this will be the third game that Akeem Hicks has missed with this ankle injury. And I got to say, suck it up, man. Seriously, it's an ankle uh, if it's an ankle sprain, which is basically what they've what what they, that's the information that we do have. He sprained his ankle against the Steelers, uh, and that was Christ almost a month ago. Now, the Monday night game, whenever that was, in like November eighth or something like that, was it? Doesn't matter. Whenever the hell it was, sec, first second week in in November. Then we had the bye week. Then we had the Ravens game. So we missed the Ravens game. He missed the Lions game, which not that big a surprise because it was only four days later. But now 10 days later uh, and almost a month after having the injury occur, he's missing the Cardinals game now. And honestly, this I, I've had my share uh, of ankle injuries. And I've had some pretty bad ones too. And I've never had one that would keep me out for a month, month and a half, anything like that. So, granted, I didn't have them when I was in my 30s playing professional football uh, or anything, but I weigh more. Hell, I weigh more then than I than Akeem Hicks does now. I'm a big guy. So, uh, when I suffered my last angle injury somewhere in my mid to late 20s, I weighed more than Akeem Hicks does now, and it wasn't, you know, four weeks before I was back playing, you know, basketball or, or you know, or whatever you know, cutting on, on, on the floor and, and, and whatnot. I, I, I've always had an issue with people having these extend, unless you've actually like torn ligaments or something like that. And I don't, and I doubt the bears would give us that information. If that's the deal with Akeem, then I apologize. But if it's just a sprained ankle, put some goddamn tape on it and get your ass out there. You know, that that's, that's how I feel. Well, like the ankle injuries, I've always had a problem uh, with ankle injuries. I remember in high school, when Curtis Conway uh, was on the team, he had an ankle sprain that kept him out for six weeks. And even then, I remember there was a report before the game. The sideline reporter was talking to the uh, the guys in the booth uh, saying that, you know, Curtis Conway was going to play after being six weeks with an ankle injury. And he asked Curtis Conway how the ankle was. And, and Curtis said, and I quote, eh, with doing the, 
you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the so-so signal with your hand. They're like, eh, even after six weeks, you're still not a hundred percent. Are you kidding me right now? So yeah, I, I've always had an issue with the, with the ankle injuries because I suffered my, my share uh, of ankle injuries, whether it was somebody like, that, you know, playing, playing basketball a lot when I was a kid, uh, that happened, which always pissed off my dad. Cause I was a football player getting hurt, playing something that wasn't my sport, but, uh, you know, it happened like a, it happened a couple of times in football. Somebody landed on my on my foot in a way that it basically turned my foot, so, so that it was it ended up being uh, an ankle sprain. That happened. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline to me more than once uh, I also you know it was typical that it happens in basketball but I had a couple of times where I sprained my ankle stepping on somebody's foot you know that kind of thing but it never ca- I never missed a game from an ankle injury there was one that I had that was real bad where I probably shouldn't have played but I because pl- I sprained my ankle on Friday and I played on Saturday uh, kind of thing you could see me clearly hobbling around uh, in the old tape that my dad has but um, you know, I, I didn't have my, I didn't have the same spring in my, in my step and everything, but it was less than 24 hours from the injury. I was playing on it there, there, you know, it just, I have, I have a hard time swallowing that pill. I really, really do. And that four weeks out on a, on an ankle injury, it's just, like I said, unless he's got torn ligaments, uh, or something like that, put some tape on it and get your ass out there. We need you. We need you. So I, I, Anyway, he's probably not going to be on the team anywhere next year, so it doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, uh, Cole Komet will be back. He was out, um, or he had a groin injury. He didn't practice Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday, full go on Friday. He was one of the few that was listed as full go. Allen Robinson did not practice with the hamstring. I have an easier time with the soft tissue injuries because those are the ones you don't want to play with. The hamstring injuries, the quads, the you know the groins, uh, that kind of thing. You don't want to rush back from those. You really don't, because you can reaggravate it, and make it worse, that kind of thing. Which is something Akeem did earlier this year. You know he had the I believe it was a groin injury when that, the one where he left the uh, Lions game so early after literally one play, and came back a couple weeks later for the Packer game and then reaggravated the groin. Uh, when he sacked Aaron Rodgers at the end of the third quarter. So that's that's something that definitely can happen. But this he's listed as having an ankle injury, and it was all taped up like a mummy at the end of the, the Steelers game. And you're telling me that nearly four weeks later, it's still not good enough. For, I mean, he hasn't practiced at all and is uh, out for Sunday. So no hopes whatsoever that he's going to play on Sunday. None. So, yeah, I don't buy it. Um I mean, I think he's still hurt, obviously, but 
It's an ankle injury. Put some goddamn tape on it and get out there. Like there was, there was an ankle. I mean, I know I'm, you know, talking out of my ass here, but I suffered an ankle injury during my playing days. I suffered a real bad one on Tuesday and my trainer taped up my ankle. Like I almost like I was wearing a cast where I could barely like uh, flexing my foot up and down. I could barely do that. That's how tightly and securely this ankle was taped up. And this was at the high school level, you know, they, he taped me up. I went out there. He made me run a lap on a lap or two on the indoor track just to see how well I was moving on it. Told me I was good to go. You're playing tomorrow. We're going to tape it up just like that. Tomorrow you're going to play. That's exactly what happened. So you're telling me that even after four weeks, they can't put a tape job on Akeem Hicks that'll get him back out on the field. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. So I think whatever pain he's got is all in his head. Uh, Roquan's questionable with a, with a uh, hamstring injury. These listed as data or um, Nagy said he was a game time uh, decision. Allen Robinson still with the hamstring. Uh, Damian Williams, calf injury. So another soft tissue uh, hasn't practiced this week. He's listed as out. Justin Fields, like I said, limited all week, doubtful. So that pretty much means he's not going to play. If he does, he'll be the backup. Uh, to Sean Gibson, a chest injury, whatever that is, but he's been full go, so no no, no harm, no foul there. And that's all we got. So, uh, however, one other uh, bit of good news, or at, le- at the very least uh, interesting, is that uh, Tevin Jenkins is going to be activated and will be available to play on Sunday uh, against the uh, Cardinals. So we might get to see our very first bit of action from him. Maybe he'll be the new Alex Bars. Uh, get him out there for the for the over for the you know the overstacked uh, line or the unbalanced line. That's it. The unbalanced uh, line. Get him to be the extra tackle or even God forbid, put the big kid in in motion and have him turn the corner and block somebody uh, or something like that. Or uh, you know, we'll see. I don't. I, I, I'm I'm curious to see how the Bears are going to going to handle that. We've got six games left. And, uh, you know, we want to know what we've got in um, Tevin Jenkins uh, with him being our second-round pick and, and drafted to be the left tackle uh, of the future. Uh, I, I would love to see him play, but, um, you know, do, do, we, do we throw uh, – I mean, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when, when Jenkins was first designated to return uh, when he started practicing a couple of weeks ago. But, uh, you know, the scenarios and, and who, who moves where, who's the odd man out and, and things like that. Do you move Peters down to the left guard and then slide Cody Whitehair into center, put Sam Mustafer uh, on the bench, or do you just flat out bench Jason Peters so he can mentor and teach uh, Tevin Jenkins and be more of a coach and kind of take the pressure off the old guy? He's like, hey, man, you got us to this point. We appreciate it. You know, go ahead and, and if you would, please keep helping us out with the with the youngster, but, uh, you know, you're, you're done. Maybe, I don't know. I, w- I want to know what I'm, I'm interested to see how the bears are going to handle that. And, uh, how, if, if at all, Tevin Jenkins makes his first appearance in a bear uniform, uh, this year. So, uh, but it's exciting, something intriguing to, uh, to look out for, uh, on Sunday. If you see 76 out on the field, that's Tevin Jenkins, believe it or not. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers. That's actually the number he was given was 76, so uh, we'll see uh, what we get from him if and when he does play uh, against the Cardinals on Sunday. So something intriguing to keep an eye out for. 
Other than that, guys, the injury report was really going to be like the bulk of what I was going to talk about because of the Akeem Hicks thing with the ankle injury and stuff like that. I mean, we need this guy, especially this week. We need somebody like him plugging up the uh, middle cave in that pocket in, especially if Kyler Murray does play because the, I just saw today that that uh, the Cardinals are still kind of listing them as uh, game-time decisions, him and, and DeAndre Hopkins would be a hell of a pair to, you know, to have to contend with if they do end up playing uh, on Sunday. But, um, you know, to be able to, to use Akeem to, to, to cave down that pocket and, and uh, get, uh, get Mr. Robert Quinn another chance to add to his uh, sack total. And I bring up Robert Quinn because that's the one, like, hugely bright spot uh, of news that we have this week. Robert Quinn named the NFC Defensive Player of the Month for, for November – uh, he had 14 sacks, 14 tackles, five and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, and a forced fumble uh, in, what, three or four games? Four games, I think, for the, for the month of November. He's the first Bear to win the award since uh, November of 20, 2018. I was going to say 20,000. Yeah, it's, it's been a long day at work, kids. Uh, since November of 2018, uh, when Eddie Jackson won it. So, Eddie Jackson, that was the month that Eddie Jackson had, a, had like at least two or three pick sixes for you know for the bears uh the i think we had one on sunday night against the vikings he had another one uh on thanksgiving day against detroit that was basically the game winning touchdown uh and what have you so um you know congratulations to robert quinn and and i think this also puts him on a clear path to be at least a, a heavy contender for comeback player of the year and i and i know that he played a he played pretty much every down last year he started 15 games uh for the bears uh, last year, but two sacks in 15 games. He, 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 you know, I know the comeback player is mostly for someone who suffered an injury or missed significant time, but uh, I, I think this definitely puts him in contention for comeback player of the year after only having two sacks uh, all of last year. So keep an eye out when, when that year-end award comes out, if Robert Quinn is in consideration, or at the very least, he should get some votes uh, for it, uh, for sure, because Robert Quinn looks like the guy that we thought we were signing uh, going into 2020. So, and it's just a pity that uh, that uh, Khalil's uh, foot injury sidelined him for the year. Because when the two of them were out there together, they were literally the best sack duo in the NFL. So, um, if anything, I, I think we've got all the reason in the world to bring Robert Quinn back for next year. We know we're keeping Akeem. Or excuse me, Akeem. The guy's on my mind. Uh, Khalil Mack. Uh, for next year. So, you know, happy, happy and healthy. Hopefully we'll see the two of them uh, pick up where they left off uh, as a tandem uh, in 2022. So, and then the last thing for uh, news and notes is more of like a conversation uh, piece. And um, it's week 13 and we still have no idea what's going on with Tariq Cohen. Now, I'm not really putting this on Tariq Cohen. I'm actually putting it more on the Bears. And, and not as a um not as a like a failure in getting him healed up and uh and all that kind of stuff, but with the fact that we have no idea what is going on. I mean, unless I missed something important, all we know is that he's still rehabbing the injury and according to Matt Nagy, working his ass off to get back as soon as possible. But we don't know. I mean, there are people in the league, athletes, players, 
who got hurt, suffered the same injury that Tariq Cohen did after he did, that are, that are playing, that started the season uh, and all that kind of stuff. Tariq, guys, Tariq Cohen got hurt in the third quarter of the Atlanta game, week three of last year. So it's been more than a year. I mean, like I said, we're 10 weeks past the calendar year where he got hurt last, uh, last season. Week three on a punt return, guy comes in, clips him in the knee, boom, ECL done. He's done for the year. And I remember saying in the review episode of that Atlanta game that it's almost a, you know, it's like you hate to lose Tariq Cohen. You hate to see something like that happen. You don't want him out of your lineup. But him getting hurt week number three means that basically all the heavy lifting could possibly be over by the end of the season because we, we got 13 games left to go and 14 weeks in the season. Turns out 15 with the playoff game that we were in uh, at the end of the year. So, like, by that point, he's had his surgery. The, the, the you know, the healing has happened. So now he's, he's it's rehab and strength training to get the knee ready to go uh, and all that kind of stuff. We, we've kind of done all the heavy lifting. Now it's just a matter of getting the knee strong again so he can play. And we get to um, OTAs. He's not participating. We get to training camp. He's on the pup list, so he's not practicing. But there's no update on what happened. Like, was there a setback? Was there a second surgery? Was there a third? Was there a second setback? Because like I said, we are 10 weeks past the one-year anniversary as far as the NFL schedule goes. Week three against Atlanta last year. We're week 13 uh, going on here. In 2021, a a season and a half later from, uh, from when he was hurt. And the only thing that I personally have heard was from Tariq Cohen himself when he tweeted a couple of weeks ago. I guess basically he was tired of people talking about him or bagging on him for not playing. And, and his tweet was, was uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing something in, in, the, in the regard of, you have no idea how much I miss playing football and, you know, he's doing the work or he's not listening to the outsiders or something uh, to that effect. But he's basically saying that, you know, it's not, he's, he's not keeping himself from the field. Cause I think that was a, I think maybe that's what he was responding to. Like people were, uh, were making uh, remarks about how, you know, well, if you'd spent more time rehabbing instead of playing video games, cause I think he's on Twitch or something like that. I don't, I don't mess around with that. So I have no idea, but from what I understand, he's a big gamer and, you know, he has a Twitch account and stuff like that. And people were making comments like, well, have you spent more time, you know, we know his thumbs are, you know, strong and ready to go and, uh, and things like that. I think that's kind of what he was responding to. Like if he wouldn't have been slacking off playing video games and rehabbing, he'd be on the field by now. So I think that's what he was, uh, that's what he was responding to. Um, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm not faulting. Tariq, even if that was true, I, I think, I don't think he'd be gone almost two full seasons, you know, cause we're only six weeks from him basically missing two full years of football with an injury. Like I said, that people players in this league suffered after he had suffered his injury that are already back. Some of which started the season, uh, you know, playing and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, I also remember talking about when, 
like when we lost David Montgomery to the knee sprain uh, week four against the Lions, I remember saying, hey, guys, relax, because, you know, David Montgomery is going to be out four weeks. Damian Williams is going to run the football. We'll get to see Khalil Herbert. And we're only a couple of weeks removed from when Tariq Cohen can come back because he started the season on the pup list, which means you're automatically out the first six weeks of the season. So two more games, and then Tariq Cohen will be eligible to come back. There hasn't been a peep about his status as far as like what happened. Nope, and nobody's, nobody's talking about what happened. That's, I think that's what, like me personally. I think that's what bothers me the most. Like if it was a setback, if there was another surgery, if the injury was far worse than they had, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, made us aware of back. And if it wasn't just the torn ACL, maybe he tore the meniscus. Maybe he did this. Maybe it was a second ligament torn, or maybe that's what happened. And he suffered a setback when he was rehabbing and he re-injured the leg or something like that. You know, we just, we just don't have any information. And I think that's what, where the frustration comes from bear fans is, is that, like I said, there have been people even, you know, obviously it's not harder to be a bigger player than Tariq Cohen when, you know, he's five foot six and, and, and what have you. But other guys larger, you know, and all that kind of stuff whose knees bear more weight than Tariq's does suffered injury, suffered the same injury after he did and are already back playing. And we have no return date in sight for Tariq Cohen, or at least not one the Bears have made us aware of. So uh, it's not a rant against uh, Tariq or anything like that. I'm not one of those people who believes that if he'd spent more time rehabbing instead of playing video games that he'd be on the field already. That's all nonsense, you know. But it is worrisome that he might miss basically a second. Like, he'll miss the entire season here in a bit. It's, it won't be much long that he doesn't, much longer that he's, he's not playing at all. And with the possibility of a brand new GM and a new head coach kicking things off in 2022, we may never see Tariq Cohen in a bear uniform again. So, you know, I, I think that the, because uh, he signed the extension, which would have, this was the first year of the extension this season. He's got two years to go after this. And it wasn't, it, the Bears didn't sign him to like a mega contract or whatever it was only I think like 15 million over three years or something like that so it wasn't a break the bank kind of contract it was definitely a nice raise from his fourth round salary to a you know decent uh five million per type of deal but I I don't think that the like the the cap hit or, or whatever would be so severe that the general manager whether it's Ryan Pace or especially if it's a new guy this is not one of Ryan Pace's guy. I didn't draft him. He hasn't played in two full seasons. Let's cut bait and, you know, we've got Khalil Herbert. We've got David Montgomery. Let's see if maybe we can scoop somebody up in free agency or maybe get another, uh, you know, Khalil Herbert in the draft to uh, move on from uh, Tariq Cohen, somebody that we can rely on kind of thing. I would hate to see that happen. So I really would love to see Tariq Cohen back on the field, back in a – a bare uniform, but the longer that this drags on, the likelihood of that happening is uh, decreasing uh, by the second. So, uh, I, but I would also love to know what the hell's going on. Like, seriously, 
What is it other than this vague ass, you know, description of him working his ass off to get better? What's he working on? Did he suffer a setback? Was there a second surgery? Did they have to go in and, and clean something up? Has there been another procedure? What is going on with Tariq Cohen's knee? Why isn't he back yet? So, because I keep coming back to the idea that there are people that suffer these injuries, the same injury after he did, that are already back and playing, and then some. You know what I mean? Some of these people that suffered the injury, you know, much later than he did, have been playing all season long kind of thing. So that's the part that's, uh, that's bothering me. So, I mean, hell, David Bakhtiari suffered a torn ACL, uh, I think, like way late in the season um, against, because I think he was hurt. Um, he got hurt before they played the Bears week 17. So it was, it was, it was a December injury. Yes, he did start the season on the pup list, but he's already playing. I think he got hurt again, but he's still, but he's playing. He has played. He got hurt three months after Tariq Cohen did, and he's made it back before him. So I think as soon as he was ready to come off the pup list, he was playing uh, for the Packers. So, I mean, talk about somebody who's bigger than Tariq Cohen. Uh, you know, David Bakhtiari takes dumps bigger than, than Tariq Cohen. Jesus Christ, the guy's a monster. So, but, but that's kind of like the point, you know, he's, he's bigger and heavier. Therefore his knees bear more weight than Tariq's do. And yet somehow he was able to go through his rehab process in a shorter amount of time and get back before Tariq Cohen did. So I find it worrisome. So I was like, I know that, um, you know, Tariq may have, may have had an emotional setback over the summer because his brother passed away. Uh, and everything, but uh, I don't think that means it should have kept him out the entire goddamn season, which is what we're staring down the barrel of right now. Like, the, he's been gone so long, I think people would have to, you know, God forbid he goes out on the field. There's going to be people out there who need to be reminded who number 29 is. It's like, 29? Who the hell's number 20? Oh, that's Tariq Cohen. I'll be damned. He's still on the team. That's going to happen a lot if and when he does play again. So... Come back soon, Tariq. We could definitely use the spark. Um, you know, I hope everything's going well, and I hope to see you soon. So, anyway, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back with keys to the game and wrap this thing up. <coughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. It's not every day you can double your money, but with my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use the promo code SPORTSDRINK, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. The Patriots are taking on the Bills this Monday night as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. 
Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. (laughs) This episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D E E. It's uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D E E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, seven o'clock Central, eight o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club Thirty Four Seven. Keys to the game for week number 13, our beloved Chicago Bears hosting the 9-2 number one seeded Arizona Cardinals. Uh, with or without Kyler Murray, with or without DeAndre Hopkins, this is a very, very good football team, a very well-coached uh, team. And, uh, you know, when, when you're coaching well, you are getting the most uh, out of your players. Something that we all thought Matt Nagy, we all thought Nagy was that guy, especially in 2018, because this team... Even after the Khalil Mack trade, I think everyone thought this was going to be maybe a eight and eight, nine and seven kind of team, and they came in and just you know exploded into this twelve and four juggernaut that looked like man, this team with this defense, we could seriously make a run uh, at the Super Bowl. And then the double doink happened, and that was pretty much the death knell uh, of Matt Nagy because the NFL has seen him coming ever since. So uh, all that creativity with the um, um, with the with the trick plays and throwing touchdowns to Bradley Sewell and stuff like that, and uh, Akeem Hicks is doing one yard dives into the end zone and uh, and what have you. Defensive players are getting in on goal line situations uh, and whatnot. It's like where did that all go? I know we don't spend much time in the red zone these days or at the goal line, uh, but still, be a lot of fun. I mean, I remember that play to Bradley Sewell. He was one of like five defensive linemen in the pattern or something like that. It was him and like Roy Robertson, Harris and Bilal Nichols. And I think even Akeem Hicks, they all went out for a pass on that. play. I don't think one receiver went out for a pass on that play when Bradley Sewell caught the touchdown. So, you know, it's like that creativity and, and that level of uh, fun uh, and what have you is, is just gone. So anyway, keys to the game. It's, um, you know, the, the first one is, is one that's pretty much going to be there until we stop doing this, and that is to stop beating ourselves. Stop with the penalties. Stop with the self-inflicted wounds. You know, to have a 15-yard run that's got called back because of, uh, because of a holding penalty or, or, God forbid, goddamn taunting rule. We still lead the league in taunting flags. We haven't had one since Cassius Marsh, so there's the silver lining there, but we're still, I think we still have the most in the league as far as being called uh, for the penalty. You know, we, we got to stop beating our, beating ourselves, dropping passes uh, and think, you know, blowing assignments like the, the, the Ravens game, you know, obviously some kind of miscommunication happened uh, to leave. Um, I think it was Sammy Watkins 
wide open on that last play that got him inside the five-yard line uh, and things like that. Those are the things that are killing us. That also has a lot to do with coaching because the players aren't as prepared as they need to be in order to not make those uh, mistakes. But, you know, we can't have that. We can't have a defensive holding penalty on third down when we've actually made the stop and whether they were going to be punting, but instead they get an automatic first down. We got to stop giving the opponent things they didn't earn. Uh, and that's been a, something that has plagued the Bears the last three seasons 2019, 2020, uh, and, and uh, once again here in, in 2021. We just haven't been able to get out of our own way. Uh, we, I don't think we're the most penalized team in the league, or I don't even know how far up the list or down the list, however you want to put it, we are. It just seems like our penalties are the most costly. You know, that's, uh, you know, like we would just in the moment where we could release the Ford to have one, that's when the flags start flying uh, for us. So we got to stop. We got to stop that. Especially you got to do it against, you know, a great football team, which is what the Cardinals are. They're the best in the NFC right now. If If the season ended today, the Arizona Cardinals are only one in the NFC getting the weekend off, watching everybody else battle it out. And I'll meet you in the divisional round in Arizona. So, yeah, you, you can't afford to be making mistakes like that and beating yourself against a team that's already good enough to beat you straight up. When you play against a team like this where you are the inferior squad, you can't be making mistakes. Because one of the things that makes them the superior squad is being able to pounce on the mistakes that you make, whether it's turnovers, whether it's penalties, erasing any mistake that they made, they're going to take advantage of it. Like, oh, you thought you had first and 10 on that one, and the penalty, you know, knocks you back to like second and 15. Well, here's another sack. Now it's third and 25. So, you know, that's what good teams do. That's what great teams do. That's what the superior squads do. They pounce on these mistakes when you make them, whatever they are. So the Bears have to stop doing that because they're not good enough. They're not good enough to recover from these mistakes. They cannot afford it. And, and yet it's been the death knell of just about every game so far this year. So that's key number one. Key number two is also very simple. Run the ball. Run the football. We have Khalil Herbert. We have David Montgomery. Run the ball. Okay. I know that Dandy Dalton had 317 yards passing against the Lions. There's the, the, but there's the caveat of saying, but it was the Lions, so nothing to get exciting about. And it was only good enough to get us 16 points for the game. We beat the Lions 16 to 14 uh, on Thanksgiving Day. So run the ball. Run the ball, set up play action. Uh, you know, get, Marlo, get Darno Mooney running down the middle of the field, you know, on the, on the play action fake. See if we can't hurt them downfield. But our good friend Jess Root that was here with us the other night talking about the, you know, like what would the Bears need to do besides beating themselves, besides stop beating themselves to beat the Cardinals. And he said, run the ball. You know, you, you, if you have an effective run game uh, against this uh, Cardinal team, something that that's what the Panthers did. The, uh, the, the Packers had success running the football, and those are their two losses this year. Uh, and even when they got back behind early against the Vikings, the Vikings jumped out to a big lead on the uh, Cardinals, and the Cardinals came back to beat them, but it was Dalvin Cook that was gashing them early 
for those big yards. You got to be able to run the football against these guys that can, if, you know, Curry, excuse me, Murray and, and Hopkins do play on Sunday, we're going to want to run the ball to keep the football out of their hands for as long as humanly possible. I want as few drives as we can squeeze into a 60-minute game as possible for the Bears on Sunday because we're having these 16-play, 8-minute drives and, uh, and things like that, just, just draining the clock dry. Because the more you do that, the fewer opportunities we're giving them, the less time we're giving them to hurt us uh, with their passing game. And, 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 what, and they actually run the ball pretty well too. So, you know. Which brings us to our third key, which was going off of what Jess Root was telling us. Um, because when I asked him, you know, what do you what 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 do the Bears need to do to win the game? The first one was run the football. The second one was, and I, and I loved how he phrased it: keep the offense off schedule. You know, keep the offense off schedule. So that's you know, uh, I think that you know turnovers obviously would be a big thing because that's what the that's what cost them the game against Carolina, uh, especially was they came out, turned the ball over like three times in the first half, and the next thing you know, it's 17 to nothing, and they weren't able to claw their way back uh, from that one. But keeping them uh, off schedule, not allowing them to get into an offensive rhythm, which is how we beat the Raiders in week five. Derek Carr and, and that explosive uh, offense that the Raiders have or that they have the potential to be was never able to get off the ground uh, against the Bears. They, they weren't able to hurt us uh, downfield and 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 things like that. The Bears were they sacked Derek Carr three or four times uh, in that football game. They were able to keep the offense off balance to where they weren't able to get their feet under them, underneath them, to get an offensive rhythm going to really get cranking. That's how we beat the Raiders uh, back in Week Five. That's what we would need to do against the Cardinals, whether it's Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray. Get in his face. Make sure that we're pressuring him. Make sure he's got to keep. Moving and granted, he's he could possibly hurt us with his feet. Um, that's how he won the Heisman uh, back in the day, and he's a very effective uh, runner, which I think is what would make it more exciting if Justin Fields was playing. Those two guys going head to head with each other, being kind of mirror images of one another. But um, you know, we want to keep, we want to disrupt Kyler Murray. We want to get in his face. Uh, we want to get the balls batted down. You know, maybe cause some turnovers. Uh, here and there, maybe the first Eddie Jackson pick six since 2019 or however long it's been, uh, something like that to keep the Cardinals off kilter, keep them guessing like we did against the Raiders. That's the best example of of when we were able to do that was week five in Vegas uh, against the Raiders. So we did that to that very good offense, and we were able to walk away with a fairly comfortable victory in 20-9 to over the Raiders, and we did that on the road. So imagine, you know, if, if, the, if the weather can be a factor on Sunday as well, that would be great. We've got a, a desert dome team coming into cold, rainy Chicago, uh, you know, Soldier Field in Chicago on Sunday. Maybe we'll be able to use the weather to our advantage uh, as well. So, but with the Soldier Field turf being what it is, that might be the equalizer that just makes it all even out no matter what. We'll be slipping and sliding all over the field, same as they will. So, But anyway, the, that's, that's what we got to do. Keep them off. I love the way he said it. Keep them off schedule, which is a, another way of saying that make sure that they don't get an offensive rhythm going. 
and the Raiders being the best example of that. Like that, that offense was expected to do so much more, even against our defense, but we never allowed it to happen. And we were able to use that to our advantage and get ourselves a victory uh, against the Raiders, one that most people didn't think we were going to get. So we'll have to see if we can pull that off on Sunday. Let's uh, lots of David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. And if we got to start getting David Montgomery involved in the offense, period. Never mind just running the football. We he needs to be, uh, you know, a top option coming out of the backfield. Um, and we don't see that enough. Neither we don't see it either with Khalil Herbert. I don't know what kind of what kind of hands he's got. We know he can run the ball, but we need to see a heavy dose of those two. Maybe get some screens going with Montgomery, try to get him out in the open space where he's very dangerous and uh, see if we can't use that to our advantage on Sunday. So anyway, guys, that is going to do it. Appreciate your patience with me getting the episode out late, but uh, we'll be back on Monday with bear up and bear down. Will there be any bear ups in this game against the Cardinals uh, on Sunday? Come back on Monday and find out. And until then, My name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.